Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit gets fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. It is good to win, good to overcome. Get your Bible, get something to make some notes with, and come into the classroom with us. Put everything else on hold, on standby. It can wait for just a few minutes. And give the Lord your full attention, and it'll be wonderful what He says to you and what He shows you and what He does in you. He is the answer. He has all the answers. He doesn't have to look it up. He already knows it. Hallelujah. And He shows it to those that seek Him in faith. He, uh, you got to believe, like Hebrews says, that He is and that he is a rewarder of those that seek him. And that's what we're doing coming before him. Father, we do seek you today. We acknowledge that we, we're not just on our own, and we don't have to just rely on only what we know and can do. That would not be enough. But you are in us, and you are with us, and you are for us. And if you're for us, who? can successfully be against us. Quicken us, uh, minister to us exactly what we need today. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you look please in the book uh, of Acts to the 14th chapter of Acts today. We're continuing in our study that we're calling Faith for Healing. If you haven't been with us, we have spent a lot of time on previous accounts of healing, faith comes by hearing. And if you need faith for healing, you you don't just need to hear about, you know, water baptism. You don't just need to hear about other things. You need to hear about healing. What what God said about healing is going to give you faith for healing. I don't mean it's not all connected because it is, but he'll, he'll say specific things to you about it. And so we took one by one the 20 individual accounts in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that's recorded in the ministry of Jesus. And so if you didn't hear those, didn't see those, go online, faithschool.org. Won't cost you anything. There's no charge. And you can just watch as many as you want, as long as you want. And it would help you to get the most out of what we're doing now to have heard all that because it all builds one upon another. And so what we did then after seeing those 20 accounts, and that took us a while, is we get into the book of Acts, we see continuing healings and deliverances and miracles. In fact, Acts 1.1, the way the book starts off is uh, Luke, who penned it, says, the former treatise I made, that was the gospel account of Luke, of all that Jesus began, both to, to teach and to do. And so what, we, what we're seeing here in the book of Acts is a continuation 
of all the things that Jesus taught and did. And you see the same kind of healings, the same kind of miracles, the same kind of manifestations, because it's the same word, the same gospel, the same Jesus. And you and I are part of the same church today. He hasn't changed. We should still be seeing and hearing, believing, preaching the same things today as we see in these pages. And so we saw the healing of the lame man at the gate called Beautiful in Acts 3. We saw the healing of Aeneas. And then we saw the healing and raising from the dead of the woman named Dorcas. And now we're to the fourth account in the book of Acts, chapter 14, the healing of the the crippled man at Lystra. We saw in previous study that In the 13th chapter, after the Spirit of God had set apart Barnabas and Saul and sent them, they went out from their home areas and out from Jerusalem, out from Antioch, into areas that had never heard the gospel. They went to Cyprus, the island, and preached there on both sides of the island, and and then they went up north uh, by sea again to what's now uh, current modern-day southern and central uh, Turkey. And that's where this account begins in this town called Iconium. It said, verse 1, it came to pass, Acts 14.1, that they both, Barnabas and, and Paul, they went into the synagogue of the Jews, and they so spake that a great multitude of Jews and Greeks believed. Verse 3 says, a long time they abode speaking boldly in the Lord, which gave testimony to the word of his grace and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. You'll find that you, you won't get results um, in hesitancy. Uh, the scripture says, uh, if, you need lack, if you lack wisdom, James says, ask of God. He gives to all men liberally and upbraids not. But it says, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Did you hear that phrase? Say it out loud. Nothing wavering. Nothing wavering. And he goes on to say, for he that wavers is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. He said, don't let that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. What does that mean? Um, In the world, the ungodly world, uh, people think it's fine to be ambiguous, to be, you know, non-committal. And they, they, you know, they think it's okay to say, well, I, I see merit on this point, but you know, I also see merit over here and I'm just not sure and we'll see. And I've been contemplating this for a long time, which means you don't believe anything. You are not settled about anything. You're not sure of anything. And there are people who think you can't be. And if you're just talking about men's writings and men's ideas, you're right. But if you're talking about the Word of God, it is not ambiguous. It is certain. It is sure. And if you decide you believe it, you become sure also. You become settled. Hallelujah. 
And when you become sure, that's when you become bold. You get confident. And when you pray confidently, and when you make confessions confidently, and when you give confidently, and you act in love confidently, you're going to see results. Because you will see the Spirit of God showing up and manifesting because God confirms His Word. Hallelujah. Whether it's in your mouth or my mouth, but you can't do it in hesitation. You can't do it wavering and wondering and still contemplating, figuring about it. You've got to make up your mind. Make up your mind and decide, and then you get bold, and then you see uh, signs and wonders and manifestations. Well, anyway, it goes on to say that they uh, planned on stoning Paul and Barnabas. And when they found out about it, verse 6, they fled to Lystra and Derbe, uh, cities of Lycaonia. And verse 7, what did they do over there? There they preached the gospel. Hallelujah. And there said a man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb who never had walked, the same heard Paul speak. Paul steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, stand upright on your feet. Now, it seems like we've heard that somewhere before. Uh, if y'all been in class, right? I mean, this is what, number case number 24? Have we ever heard, arise, get up, <laughs> walk, stand up, get up, arise. Man, we've heard this over. That sounds exactly like something Jesus would say. You know why? Because it is something Jesus is continuing to say and do through, in this case, Paul. We see him do it through Peter and John over in, in chapter 3. We see it happen through Peter with Aeneas. What did he tell him? Get up. Get up. Rise. Get up and walk. So here he said, uh, stand upright on your feet. The feet that don't work. The feet that can't walk. The feet that have never taken a step from his mother's womb. This is impossible. But what is impossible with men it's possible with God. Right? What can't be done just by willpower can be done by God power. Hallelujah. And so he said, stand up on your feet. And he leaped and he walked. I mentioned this more than once, but I believe it bears repetition that I've had people say to me, we don't preach all that healing stuff like you do. We just preach the gospel. And I, I know a lot of people feel that way. They, they think folks like us are off, you know. And they preach that uh, prosperity stuff. They, they say it with disdain, that prosperity gospel. They preach that, that to them that, that equals gross error. Well, what does the word gospel mean? Come on now. Good news. Huh? It's God's will for you to be broke. Is that good news? God's will for you to be sick and stay sick. Good news? 
I wouldn't take that as good news. Huh? No? Go with me to, to Luke, the fourth chapter. Luke chapter 4. What is the gospel? What is good news? This man heard the gospel. He got stirred up. He got faith to be healed from a lifelong physical problem from hearing what the Bible calls the gospel. Hallelujah. He heard some good news that stirred him up and allowed him to act on uh, the, the encouragement from Paul and, and receive what nobody could do for him, no human could ever do for him, a miracle of healing. In uh, Luke, the fourth chapter, when Jesus came out of the wilderness temptation, the scripture said in, in verse 16, he, he, he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath, stood up for to read. There was delivered to him the book of the prophet Esaias, we'd say Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. This shows how important the Word of God is. Jesus is the Word. The Word made flesh. And yet the Word takes the time to get the scroll and roll it out and find the place and read it to preach on. Is this important? Are these words in this book important? It doesn't get any more important than these words. Not just because they're ink and paper in a bound book. It's the thoughts. These words uh, are, are vessels, are vehicles for the thoughts of the Almighty. His thoughts are light and life and health and medicine to all our flesh. His thoughts are wisdom of the ages. Somebody say, thank God for His thoughts. And that's why it works in any language because if the Word conveys the thought, it was God's thought that was inspired, God breathed, that was expressed through the Word. In, uh, it said he found the place where it was written. And he read, and this is from uh, Isaiah. It said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is Jesus reading <laughs> The prophet Isaiah's writing. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty uh, them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. He closed the book, gave it again to the minister, sat down, and the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. They were thinking, what's he going to say about that? They were all intent. They are going, whoa, that's a powerful text. What's he going to say about that? And he started out by saying, this day, today, right here and now, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. And they all went, What? 
That's Joseph's boy, Mary's boy. He's saying he's the one that scripture was written about. He's the fulfillment of prophecy. Oh, they didn't know about that. In fact, verse 29, they rose up and thrust him out of the city and wanted to throw him off the brow of the hill. Isn't that something? So, uh, preachers and teachers, if not everyone likes what you preach, you're in good company. They didn't like what he preached sometime too. So, um, notice what he, Jesus, said about what he was anointed to preach and teach. We're not told everything Jesus said and everything he preached and taught because it was a lot. The Spirit of God handpicked these things that cover the whole scope of it. And we have uh, reason to think that Jesus used this text more than once, that numerous places he would read and quote this same text and then say, this is fulfilled today. What does that mean? The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to do what? Preach or announce or proclaim what? The good news. The good news to the poor. And the good news about sending him to heal the brokenhearted. The good news to proclaim deliverance to the captives. The good news to proclaim recovering of sight to the blind. And to set at liberty those that are bruised. The gospel is good news about more than missing health. Class, are you all away? This is not something I'm adding to. When Jesus talked about him preaching the gospel, he talked about him preaching to the poor. Good news to the poor. What's good news to the poor? Sorry, for some reason God chose you to be poor. We don't know why, but just it's your cross to bear. Is that good news? Huh? That don't even try to have anything because God wants you poor. He's pleased with you even going hungry. Huh? Would that be good news to the poor? Would the poor get all excited about hearing that? <laughs> Would they go, whoo, good news. I'll be poor the rest of my life. No. What's good news to the poor? Huh? What's good news to? We know from other scripture. We know from uh, Corinthians that the scripture said that though Jesus was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might be made rich. People say, yeah, but that's only talking about spiritual. Yeah, and that's you adding things to the verse that it didn't say. Go back and look at the chapter. Look at the context. Yes, he made us rich spiritually, but that's not all. It's his will for us to have abundant provision. Now, he doesn't want us covetous. He doesn't want us idolizing money and things. And you can do that. And you can be preoccupied with the next greatest and the most expensive and, and this and that and, and not pursue God's will and plan for your life. But on the other hand, if you have no uh, money and material resources, 
you will be restricted. You will be almost imprisoned as to where you can go and what you can do. God's got a plan for your life. God's got something he wants done. He wants every church to do. He wants every ministry to do. And it's going to take some money. It's going to take some resources to be able to do it, to go and to do it, to accomplish it. And so it is God's will that you have not just barely enough, but more than enough. That's, that's the kind of God that he is. What's good news to the poor? Well, let, let's, let's back up. What's good news to the, the man or woman lost in sin? You don't have to stay lost. Is that right? You, what's good news to the person on their way to hell? You don't have to go to hell. Right? The Lord's paid the price. What's, he bore the chastisement of our peace. What's good news to the oppressed? You don't have to stay burdened and overwhelmed. You can have the peace of God that passes understanding. You can have the joy of the Lord. That is that good news or is that good news? Huh? What's good news to the sick? Jesus took your infirmities. He bore your sicknesses. He carried your pains. By his stripes, we are healed. Uh, sick man, you don't have to be sick no more. Sick man, sick woman, you don't have to stay sick. Lost man, woman, you don't have to stay lost. Is that right? Oppressed man, woman, you don't have to stay that way. Poor man, you know, <laughs> it'd be inconsistent with every other part of the gospel, the good news, if we stopped at that and go, well, uh, sorry, uh, it is God's will for you poor man to stay poor. Sorry. That's not good news. It's not liberty. It's not deliverance. You can't just pick and choose and say, yeah, I believe this part. Yay, this part. I don't, that, that's not part of the gospel. No, it is part of the good news. And that's why Paul would say that statement by the Spirit of God. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And I made that decision years ago myself. I've got all kind of ugly letters and all kind of stuff about, you know, preaching about healing and preaching about abundance and things that people want to say. But I am not ashamed of the good news about Jesus taking our place, spirit and soul and body, and obtaining a complete redemption for us. I'm not ashamed of the good news of healing, the good news of abundance, the good news of our authority, the good news of peace and joy. I'm not ashamed. Hallelujah. I want to preach the gospel like Paul said, fully. And we want to experience the full blessing of the gospel. There is blessing in the gospel. Think about it. When this man at Lystra, I don't, we don't have any reason to think he's ever heard anything about the gospel or Jesus. These are the earliest days of them going out into areas and preaching the gospel. There's no churches that exist there yet. That's where these churches came out of. That's how they started and got built. And he's sitting there, and this man called Paul, he's not from around here. He just showed up, you know, a few days ago. And he's preaching. What's he preaching about, class? Paul is preaching. Preaching at Lystra. Huh? What's he preaching? Good news about what? About what? About Jesus. 
about what Jesus has done. So what did he say? What did Paul preach? It would have to be things that other scriptures say. It would have to be things that are already... We have segments of his sermons in different places. And we have portions of what Peter preached, the same gospel, and portions of what Jesus preached. It's going to be all the same thing. We got a portion of what Jesus preached right here. Right? What did he preach? What did Jesus preach? Come on, put, you, put yourself in that place, in the synagogue. Jesus, who's the speaker today? Jesus. <laughs> Jesus who's speaking today? Who? Jesus is speaking today. What did he say? He took a text over in Isaiah. And he said, the spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Hallelujah. And healing. Everybody say healing. He sent me to heal. Heal. Broken hearted. And preach deliverance to the captives. Well that would cover anything that's got you bound. Right? Healing. Deliverance. Provision. Recovering of sight to the blind. What is that? Uh, Yeah, it includes specifically blind, spiritual blind, physical blind, but also things that you've lost. Somebody say recovery, recovery. And to set at liberty them that are bruised, that is freedom. Is that all the gospel? All of that's in the gospel? Come on, look at it. Is all of that in the gospel? Provision. Healing, deliverance, recovery, liberation. Is that all? All of that, it's in the gospel. The gospel's much bigger than some have imagined. You remember we read in Galatians, a um, uh, class or two back, about people who were perverting the gospel. And there are groups that have taken 80% of the gospel out. And they, they won't preach that part. They're ashamed of that part. They only preach this part of the gospel. And I'm not claiming we see and know all the revelation of the gospel. I want to see more. Do you want to see more? How many want to see the full gospel? The fullness of all the good news of all that Jesus did for us. How many believe he did something for us? When he came and he went to the cross... And he paid the price and he rose from the dead. What did he do for us? It's more than we've thought. Hallelujah. And many times more than we've heard preached. But if you don't preach it bold, people won't believe it strong, won't act on it, won't get it. But that day, that man heard something about healing. When Paul was preaching the gospel, and man, he believed it. And when Paul saw that he, I mean, how did he perceive that? That that guy's face is beaming. He's sitting there, he's raring to go. And and Paul is seeing, this guy believes this. And so he said, well, get up, get up. Man, they jumped up, leaped up, and miraculous power manifested in his feet, in his ankles, in his muscles, in his bones. Somebody say glory to God. And his faith made him whole, just like it did in Jesus' ministry many times before, over and over again. Can you say amen? Amen. And our time's up again today. Said out loud, I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome the world by faith. I'm strong in faith, giving glory 
to God. Come back tomorrow. There's more to see here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390. 